Hi, I'm Tam McManus, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. How do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview, and you are listening to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And it's been a, a quiet week. The season's running down. Not much to talk about. Should be a, a pretty short show. We were even debating not having a show this weekend, but it's good to see Lee back. Still waiting for the results of that hair transplant. Not looking too promising just now. It's growing in the wrong areas. Yeah, I've got the hairiest arse in five now. So we've got off to a good start. Welcome to a show where we're going to talk a little bit about football on the pitch. But this has been a week of talking about stuff off the pitch. It's been a it's been a strange week. East Fife related. There's been a a lot of shit basically happening. Other stuff in lower league Scottish football, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on the incident between Albion Rovers and Stenhouse Muir last night with David Cox. We'll come to that later on in the show as well. Mm. Let's just get straight into it. The, the big talking point of the week, everyone knows what it is. East Fife went to Clyde and they didn't lose an away game. And it was one of their best performances of the season. I mean, they looked sharp in warm-up, guys. And I was in the fortunate position to have East Five TV stream for that on Tuesday night, being an overseas fan. So I had a I had a scooby what was going on. Because apparently the Clyde commentators, if I'm right, did not get told what was happening. Is that is that the case? Yeah, they were uh, at the start, they were talking for about 10, 15, 20 minutes that it was an issue with shorts. The East Fife's shorts clashed with Clyde, and the ref had told them to get back uh, and change them. Um, but they seemed to be the last people in the world who knew what was going on. Everybody else knew what was going on. You'd sent us a message in the WhatsApp group that you turned on East Fife TV. Uh, it was on Pine Bovril, and these two were chatting away. I'm like, oh, doesn't it take half an hour to change a pair of shorts, does it? Um, <laughs> so that was a, it was a good bit of comedy there. Well, like the East Five TV stream, like Stephen Mills talking, and then you hear somebody talking to Liam, and Liam's like, "You're joking," and then he says to Stephen something like, "There's been a positive COVID test," and then Stephen's like, "We'll just shut the stream down for now. We'll be back soon," and then it never came back. So I was, I just kept refreshing because he told us to refresh. I'm refreshing, refreshing. Ne- never, never came back on. But it's weird that they got told that, and then the the Clyde commentators didn't. But like. 
we started off making light of it, but let, let's get into the, the serious things of it, Lee. So, in short, if you've been living under a rock, I don't think we really need to cover this, but just in, in case anyone is totally unaware, positive test in the Clyde camp seems to have happened after Saturday's game, and it was the testing for Clyde's game on Thursday. So all the testing for Thursday for this Tuesday night game had been fine, but then there was a negative test on Saturday. The player involved was in the dressing room getting changed, was on the pitch warming up, was mingling in amongst all the Clyde players, and who knows what interaction he'd had with the referee or any of his five players in the tunnel, coming out on the pitch, anything like that. There's... There's different versions of what happened because the official SPFL press release said that East Fife were told that if they didn't play, there would be consequences. Darren Young Lee on Radio Scotland on the Wednesday night was adamant that that was never said to them and that they were given the option of whether they felt comfortable to play or not, and rightly so. If there's a positive test, you want to get all the facts, and they said no. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of ambiguity about what's going on. Um, and I think, and I'll apologise to my parents who know they'll give me a row for this, but it's been a clusterfuck. <laughs> like, I can't totally. think of a, a better word to describe it. It's just been an absolute nightmare from the get-go where he says, she said, tit for tat. Um, and I think the, the, the Clyde statement was in poor taste and um, I think there was clearly some emotion in that which I get I, I totally get they're fighting for their lives um, so I, I do totally get that um, and then East Fife's statement comes out you know with the emotion taken out of it looking a lot better but I think yeah the result and obviously I'm sure we'll go on to what the outcome is for anybody that you're saying lives under a rock which by the way every time I hear that expression I just think of Dumbarton <laughs> Well, but, this affects Dumbarton big time as well, so It certainly does. Maybe that was me just slowly just bringing that in. But, yeah, it's, it's been a, a pretty crazy weekend. Like, the only people that know what really happened were the people that were in the room. Um, and it's just like, you know, the, the fact that the, the Clyde message didn't come through until 20 minutes before kickoff. There's a lot of things that I'm pretty sceptical about. It's a strange one, Doug, that something would come through so late and they'll obviously say, well, this was the test for the next game. Why are they testing so far ahead is one thing. But surely, now, unless there's completely different rules in Scotland to the rules that we have here in Canada, if there's something like that and an outbreak in amongst the team, the game is called off. It's happened in MLS, it's happened in the USL, in ice hockey over here. Vancouver Canucks had a massive outbreak that started with one player and his family, spread through the whole Canucks team. It was 20 players plus that ended up getting infected because they'd been in close contact with them, and then their families got infected, and it spread like wildfire through that small group that was in a bubble, never mind these part-time guys that's not in a bubble. This was a guy that was on the bus to Peterhead at the weekend, but East Fife are told there's no threat, it's minimal risk, and it won't have spread. How can they make that decision in such a short period of time? Yeah, I mean, 
as Lee said, who knows what's going genuinely, who knows what's going on there. I mean, I wonder whether you do a test on, say, the Friday that covers Saturday, Tuesday, and then you maybe do another test that covers the Thursday. I, I don't actually know. I, I'm more inclined just to 100% point every finger you possibly can at the the, the higher up beaks or the you know the SFA that that I, I don't necessarily think it's Clyde. There's nothing really Clyde's fault. There's no, nothing really his vice fault. I think I think being told right, we know there's a guy that's got COVID who's in among the squad, but we've deemed the match safe to go ahead. So if you're pulling out, then you, you're just forfeiting the game. I mean, that that's absolutely mental. I mean, absolutely mental. So, yeah, I, I, I don't point any finger really at Clyde or his five. I just think it's it's the, the, the higher up powers that be have just made an absolute disaster of this decision. I mean, Gordon, in, in your workplace, if you were told all your co-workers tested positive, I, I'd get the fuck out of there. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going home. I'd like to get tested, find out if I'm okay, see what happens. I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, I'll just hang around and continue working as normal. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you're working in an office, a shop, something like that, even if you had, you know, what, you know, what Clyde had been saying, what the SPFL had been saying, that you have these sort of protocols and rules so that they try and minimise uh, transmission when players are like training or travelling or getting changed. It still doesn't really matter. And it's it's the inconsistency to me. Like, you listen to some people and what, you'd, what they're saying is that, you know, they've got these rules so that even if a player is COVID positive, they, you know, you kind of get any transmission when they're travelling, because they're all sitting far enough apart. You can't get any transmission when they're training. You can't get any transmission when they're getting changed. And the the risk of transmission during a game is almost nothing. If that's the case, why the fuck are we testing people? That's exactly what I said to my wife about this. Um, it's completely inconsistent. You can't at the one time say, we have to do all these tests, if you're also saying... There is basically zero chance that any player in Scottish football could give COVID to any other player in Scottish football. Why are we even testing them? Yeah. Um, but why, why are we putting part-time players through getting tested multiple yeah. times a week, which is an uncomfortable procedure, and it's expensive for the clubs to pay for this, if it if it doesn't really matter? Yeah. And, there's, and I, mean, I noticed the SPFL saying this, and there's, there's like, oh, there's no recorded, uh, you know, there's no recorded incidents of COVID being transmitted during a football game. Well, of course there isn't. That's, you know, you can't say, or, you know, you can't pinpoint exactly when someone got it. That's the whole point. Plus you're uh, testing also, people, so you're pulling anyone positive out of the game so they wouldn't be playing yeah. in a game anyway. Yeah, we're not exactly testing it, are we? We're not putting, like, you know, a team full of players with COVID. <laughs> the COVID-11. Yeah. But also there's inconsistency as well. Like, um, if, if, what the SPFL said to East Fife was, look, this game is completely safe. You have to play this. And East Fife said, no. And the SPFL said, well, you've broken a rule. Well, they should have they should have forfeited the game. That, you know, if, if we've broken a rule and what we did... Now, you could say technically we broke a rule because we, we didn't fulfil a fixture. But sometimes, you know, there's got to be circumstances in which it's okay not to fill a fixture. I mean, what if you know, you, you can think of anything off the top of their head, but 
either we broke the rules and we deserve to get punished, or that they basically said, we'll play it again, but we'll give you a fine as well because you broke the rules. Which to me just, it's just, again, it just seems inconsistent. It just They just look like they were covering their, covering their arses. It, um, it, yeah, it's it certainly, like when, when I saw the outcome, Lee, so it's an £11,000 fine, 10000 of which is suspended unless East Fife do this again, so they have to pay the, the £1,000. When I read that, I was like, that's just a cop-out. So the, the SPFL, they're seen to do something, but if they really are punishing East Fife for not fulfilling a fixture, I think it's in their bylaws that it's a points deduction. And from speaking to some people within the club, they were worried that that was going to get thrown at them. Doug, you're shaking your head. That's not not in the rules. Um, the 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 fine given for what the rule breaking was is the absolute minimum they could have done. That's the lowest possible punishment. Okay. The SFA could do was was a replay game and a that fine. That's the lowest fine they could have. Produced, which makes it even almost more of a cop out because that's that's like them saying, "Yeah, we think they've done wrong. So if we're going to do them for that, then you know we'll, we'll go in a bit weekly." Mm. When, when really, because I mean, it mucks everything up for you've now got one game over and once all the other fixtures are done now. Yeah, they know what gives, they need to do. Yeah, but the downside yeah. is they're then playing a game two days before the playoff starts, so that's not great for them anyway. I mean, the best scenario, I guess, for Clyde would be they go into that game knowing they're already in the playoffs and they just put a shit team out because it doesn't matter. But if they still have to really fight for it and then they fight really hard and still don't get out that relegation spot, they've got to get back in action two days later against a rested team. So it's not a great outcome for Clyde either. I I guess the SPFL didn't want to set a precedent that teams could just walk away without any punishment. So I kind of get that. But the whole scenario of this other group that makes the decisions, whose names completely has has escaped me now. Yeah. What were they doing? It's like, I've read various things, I don't know how accurate it is, that they spoke to the doctor in the group because not everyone's available 24-7. And he see, before you go any further, do you know who the SFA doctor used to work for? Yeah, Clyde. Yeah. So and that, that seems to be totally swept under the carpet. But y- y- you've got four folk on this committee and only one of them's a medical person. That as well... Is, is weird. Now, we're recording this on Friday night, so I'm hoping that Dr. Jason Leach covers this on Off the Ball on Saturday. I've put a question into them that hopefully he'll he'll then cover it and bring up and talk about it. I really want the government's taking it, because this, like, to go ahead with this game just seems like it breaches what the government is trying to do. And as Gordon rightly says, why bother testing if it's not going to matter a shit anyway and you get you get a positive test. And I, I can only base it on other leagues like here that I've seen whenever there's been a positive test. The, the teams constantly tweet out, out of an abundance of caution, we are cancelling tonight's fixture. And surely that's the way to have gone ahead. It's not that East Fife didn't want to play this game. They turned all the way up to Cumbernauld for fuck's sake. It's like... 
it's not that they were on a bus or still back in Fife going, yeah, we, we can't be arsed going through for this. They were on the pitch, ready to go. It's basically like they've said, right, the positive COVID test is, for, as you say, was for Thursday's game. So, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter for this game. But on Thursday, we've got a wee problem because this guy's tested positive. But it's like, these five players just get told two minutes before kickoff, oh, by the way, one of yeah. these neighbours has got COVID. They're going to go, uh, all right, well, but that's really only marks for Thursday's game. I mean, it's, it, of course it's not. And and I think even hearing the response from the players, because by, by all accounts, Darren Young basically said to the players, it's completely up to you, which I think is great. There was mm-hmm. no zero pressure from the club at all. And for players to come around and say, you know, I think they said three of the players had heavily pregnant wives or whatever. Yeah, four. How, how can you then, like, in a, just a humane way, go, yeah, I'm calling bullshit and that. I don't, we don't, that's not right. Who cares if you're, I mean, it just, it's just, it, it, it does beggar belief. And as I say, it just, you've, only, you've just got to take all responsibility away from both clubs, really, and just go, I mean, this joint response group and the SFA, what, what's going on? I mean, what, honestly, what, it's people's lives. The bottom line is it's people's livelihoods and people. And the, the, stuff, the stuff about um, the guys' jobs and stuff, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that is massive. That, honestly, that's massive because, I mean, going slightly off topic, but even like, even like for me, who's in a minimum wage job at the moment, you know, if I've suddenly got told I've got to isolate for 10 days, to, I mean... It's a disaster. It's a total. So you can see why people are are actually going. Yeah, I've been told I have to, but I'm not going to mention it. I'm going to go and work because they can't afford it. So you're, exactly. you're now telling you're now telling a, a squad of part time footballers. Yeah, we know there's a guy who's got a positive test. We're going to let you risk getting either infected or have to isolate for the sake of a game of football. I mean, it, yeah, that you're, just, you're getting paid I mean, pennies for ultimately. I mean, it's the same with me. Like I, the the job that I have, it's on a casual basis, so I get paid when I work. So if I have to suddenly self isolate for ten days or two weeks, that's two weeks of of pay I don't have. It's like how how are you meant to then pay rent, put food on the table, all that kind of stuff. Gets paid when he works. <laughs> Gets paid when he works. Sorry. That's why I'm very skint because I don't like to work. I just thought you'd retire. I, I've told Caitlin I basically have. I, I like to think of myself as semi-retired. It's the only semi I've had for a while. But back to the, the football chat. Now, th- this, like taking East Fife out of it, this raises just so many questions and concerns for me. Like, Clyde's game went ahead on Thursday. So I'm assuming everybody else in the Clyde camp tested negative from their test no. on the Saturday. No, they didn't. Well, here's uh, it was actually Scott Young that pointed it out on Twitter, and I thought it was very interesting. So David Mitchell, Lewis Jameson, and Kane Ritchie Hostler, all those guys missing for the squad last night. Mm. For Clyde. But of course, it could be like an East Fife scenario where they maybe work on a. a yeah, that's fine Thursday. though, but it's not being communicated. No. So the. So is this the bubble? Are they self isolating? Oh. I guess so I we'll know the, from the, the next know, game. 
the original test, the 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 Clyde players we tested positive when we heard the result on Tuesday night. That was from a test on Saturday, so they played Peterhead on Saturday, mm-hmm. and they tested because I think originally the story was that that was from a test taken on Tuesday, but I don't think it was. It was from a test on Saturday. Yeah, and then they tested the players again on Tuesday, so they would have got the Tuesday results back probably Thursday before they played Forfar. And I mean, I've no, I've no seen anywhere what the results of that are, but I mean, it could well be that. Either players have had to isolate, or they potentially have. To... <coughs> Sorry. Oh, Just it's hit Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Before it goes out of my head, right? So I get that, you know, the, the, there's different bubbles and stuff, but the way that the track and trace app works, I believe, is by Bluetooth connecting to other people's devices. If they're all sitting in a changing room together, and he's been there, he should be updating his track and trace app. And if he's been in close contact with all those people, they should all get a message mm-hmm. to tell them to isolate. Yep. Now, Doug, Doug looks like he's going to call BS on it. But... No, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm thinking because they're classed as elite sportsmen that it's it's slightly different. Because I think it's Have the same. Have they not way. watched Clyde play? No, I know. I know. I, I, yeah, absolutely. But I, I think because they're like properly in inverted commas tested regularly it's different i think because yeah. it's the same with like pro golfers and all that stuff now it's it's even like their um uh, self-isolation time when they get back from foreign trips and stuff is different to us normal humans i i, I that might not be true but i can imagine it probably will be well, well here's my thing about this though like, this player, whoever he was, we know he travelled to Peterhead. We don't know if he played in the game, if he was on the bench or whatever. But let's just say he played in the game. So a positive player played in that game. And I know they're saying that it's no, it's no signs of being spread on the football pitch. And I would take it that Peterhead have all tested negative since we played them last night. But again, I, that this makes no sense to me. Surely that is close contact. Yeah. He did play. That was confirmed. Um, right. I think. I think the the phrasing was he played some part. So it suggests that he was a substitute, mm. and he was a substitute on Tuesday as well. But it's kind of beside the point. I think um, there's to me there's there's no way you can say uh, that playing a game doesn't constitute close contact. And it may be that it's very unlikely if you're you're outside, you're not spending. You know, it's not like you're right close to each other talking to each other face to face I can accept that it's very unlikely that you would transmit it during a game but it's not about whether it was likely or not it's about the risk and mm-hmm. surely the risk is significant and there's another couple of things like you know we think of footballers as young fit guys but you know you don't know the medical history of all the players you don't know if somebody in their family or their household has a medical condition that makes them more susceptible to covid and also, we're talking about this a couple of days later. You know, we've had information come out. You know, we've, people have been talking mm. about it. These guys had thirty minutes to make a decision. Um, and it's mental to to think that you know they did not have time to consider all of these things. This information was just put in front of them. Well, like, also, you don't know, folks, personal circumstances. So we find out that there's players with with pregnant girlfriends. You don't know if somebody's elderly 
parents or grandparents are living with them or that they're their carer for them and they might be going to to see them. The effects of long COVID as, as well are still quite unknown, but it's like things that I've read, it's like, yeah, it might not affect you badly just now, but what are the long-term effects if you end up having it? So there's all these things. So why would you risk that for a shitty League One third-tier Scottish football match when there was the possibility of playing it on the Thursday, which is clearly now the case and it's happening it, it, it just we, we were worried about what was going to happen when Scottish football came back if there was positive tests and the, the this testing was meant to stop anything like this and to be fair it, it's done great this is the only game I think that there's been a, a a big impact with and of course it's as we get to the end of the season but like reading Pie and Bovril I was very pleasantly surprised that, on the whole, the vast majority of fans, Clyde fans, other fans, somehow the old firm fans managed to make things about themselves on Twitter, and it, that just went back and forth about Dubai and Rangers players testing positive. It's like, yeah, nothing to do with this, please just stay out of these conversations. But I'm like, on the whole, the general footballing community completely backed East Fife's decision, and so many people, Lee, were saying... This has just been a farce for a season. Why did they even bother? Why did they push to have these extra games? Just They should have had it just done and dusted or just declared it null and void. And it's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, they should because these five's got fuck all to play for and we're, we're mid-table. But it, it, it's just it's a farcical end to what's been a farcical season, really. Yeah, I'm actually really glad this merry-go-round's about to stop, to be honest, because... Yeah. I think that we, we really just need to get next Thursday out of the way, condemn Clyde to the playoffs and then move on with our lives for a couple of months because I thought that I was going to absolutely love the Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. But it gets very monotonous um, trying to G yourself up. And not, not only that, but very costly as well. Like Obviously, we've got a season ticket for the home games, but the away games... You know, certainly mounted up, and, and and that doesn't come cheaply yeah. either. All, all in one whack as well, because there's yeah. a lot of folk. Maybe if they were going to the game, they're playing once every two weeks for an away thing. Now yeah. you're paying like next week if you really, really wanted to pay two streams in a week. Yeah. Um. So it's it's yeah. I think that I, I wouldn't like to see the the season null and void. I mean, I, I really wanted to see the season be finished. But equally, I'll be glad that it has. And I mean, look, as you were saying quite rightly there about the the the, the football community getting behind East Fife, I think that has, has honestly been overwhelming with, with the response, apart from a few ejects on social media. Um, You're always going to get that. Yeah, oh, that's honestly, there was some guy comparing us to the um, couple that said that their dog was nicked because they had drug money. And I was like, wow, like... That, that, that actually retweeted that one. I was just like, out of all the mud that's been thrown at me for starting the, the GoFundMe this week, that, that has to be my, my favourite comment. Um, and my favourite one, and it, it was, it's a Dunfermline fan that was trolling, and Gordon will have seen this from Pine Bovril, the guy on Twitter that said, Clyde were basically trying to kill unborn babies. <laughs> but it's, you know... 
It's been a, a, a definitely a, a mental week, and I will be glad when the season's over and, and next season or we could press that reset button and get, actually get an entire season to, to make a decision on, on on how we perform because the last two seasons really have been abnormal. So mm-hmm. very difficult to judge. Although, don't get me wrong, my wife has since gave me the cuddle that uh, I'm sure oh, that's was- good somebody asked for um i made sure that i got that so yeah that was uh, why you were missing last week's show still cuddling you yeah? mm. um, so it's been a very strange season but like i say i'm i'm, I'm actually going to be quite glad when it's finished and i hope we, i hope we do put play in the playoffs next week i mean you know what though for for me it's almost disgusting when you think about the the sfa and to be honest the clubs have to take a wee bit of responsibility for this have made part-time footballers play that many games in this, you know, in everything that's going on. It's almost disgusting. And and the fact is that, I mean, the clubs pushed for more games. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them did. Which is just, I mean, likely says, I mean, genuinely can't wait for this season to be over. I, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll very briefly talk about the Peterhead game there. I've never cared less mm-hmm. about my team losing a game of football in ever than that game on Thursday. I was just like, who cares? I'm so bored watching it. Just like, I, I, I don't care. I was exactly like that Alan Partridge gif when he's just like... Yeah. That was, that was essentially <laughs> that's, me. That's the, best, that, that's the best description for it. Because I mean, I said to you guys, I had it on the background on the telly. I was just scrolling through my phone. It's like, oh, it's another Peterhead game. I had the East Fife game on the iPad and the Manchester United semi-final on the TV. And Man United was 6-2 and East Fife were 3-1 down. And I was just a bit like, well, at least one of the games was entertaining. I'll be honest, as to you guys, I watched about the first 40 minutes and I think we were 1-0 up at that point. I then took my daughter to bed, back down the stairs, and we were two one down. And yeah. I was like, "What the hell has happened there?" Um, so yeah, we've got what four for next week. Four for Tuesday, and Clyde Thursday. Tuesday, Clyde Thursday. Um, yeah, roll on this time next Saturday, um, when it'll be a beer garden and not have to worry about if we're getting cuffed away from home. Yeah, I, I, I we won't dwell too much more on on this just now but like just to wrap things up for this little bit so it's an eleven thousand pound fine 10 grand of which has been suspended now the game has to get replayed on thursday if it had been a forfeit and it was a three nil to clyde i wouldn't really have cared but in the grand scheme of things because it does affect the relegation battle it kind of has to to get played now and it's just such a weird situation because we've touched on it. Clyde don't know what they need to do or they can just rest players ahead of the thing. But it just extends the season, Gordon. And I don't think any of us wanted that. And it's like, genuinely, if they'd said, give Clyde a 3-0, I'd have been fine by that. And do you know if it had been maybe Peter Head that maybe had nothing to play for, maybe they would have done that? Do you think they just made it get replayed because... If they had given it to Clyde, Dumbarton would be up in arms. I think that playing it on Thursday is the fairest thing to do. So they basically had three options. Play it on Thursday. It's not ideal because, like you say, Clyde may go into that game knowing that they need a draw or knowing that they only need to get beat by a goal or something like that. But it seems the fairest way, given that there's no other possible way to go it. 
they could have voided the game and then done the season on points per game, but I don't really like that. Um, I'm like you. If 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 we'd forfeited that game, we'd lost three 0 and we we didn't have to play it, and we end up finishing seventh. I wouldn't have cared, but I do think that that is unfair on Dumbarton and just kind of morally isn't the right result. I I, I don't think we deserve to get punished for uh, refusing to play on Tuesday. But I think I, re- playing, I reckon the I reckon the SPFL probably went. Right, how many potentially, how many teams are potentially wanting to sue us for something over the last yes. six months? Right, right, we've got Partick, Hearts, we've got, you know, this team, that, all right, that'll be Dumbarton now as well. We've got Brecon, we've got Kelly. Oh, well, yeah, I can't deal with it. So what's the safest way to do it is this, and we'll just go with it, because... It, yeah, it smacks if, of if that. If you were a Dumbarton fan, through absolutely no fault of your own, you would... You would you'd have been massively disadvantaged. You would have been fuming it, absolutely fuming. Because what's the point in playing a, a whole season for a team to get a 3-0, you know, just just handed a 3-0 win that puts you in the in the relegation crap? They, they, they almost just couldn't have done that. I, I have nothing against Clyde in, in this, per se, because... I think they followed everything properly. It's not the first time, though, of course, this season that there has been an outbreak in their team. So maybe some other questions might need to be asked internally about what their players are doing and stuff like that. The the fine's a thousand pounds now. Lee, do you want to talk a little bit about the the GoFundMe? I, I when I woke up uh, on Thursday morning, first thing I did was check our WhatsApp group because I wanted to know what the outcome was. Lee set up that GoFundMe. And it was basically funded by the time I'd woke up, which was tremendous. And from what I can see from fans around Scottish football. Yeah, um, to be honest, as soon as I sort of thought about it, I was like, we get a ridiculous fine, then I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people prepared to, to contribute towards that. And initially when I read it, it was 11 grand. So I'd stuck it up as 11 grand. Then Doug was like, no, no, it's it's only a £1,000 and the rest is suspended. And I was like, right, fine. So I set it as a £1,000 and I thought, look, even if we could get seven, 800 it's a helping hand to the club. And when three hours would hit a grand, um, which I thought was absolutely insane. And, you know, if we do have any new listeners and, and to our existing listener base who backed us through this, thanks so much. Because, I mean, as, as it stands, £2,000 has been raised already. I mean, the, the messages that we've had coming through, um, we've had some newspapers and stuff getting in touch, wanting to give us some extra support. And I think that it just goes to show that people were rightly in our corner. They were in the, the black and gold camp that, you know, there was no way that we should have been punished you know, no matter how minimal it is, and don't get me wrong, it is a very minuscule sc- uh, fine in the grand scheme of things. But equally, you know, we're just at the end of the pandemic. The club hasn't had any fans in in over a year. You know, money is not, you know, running through the, the doors at Bayview just now. And I just felt that it was right, that it was an opportunity, mainly for these five fans, to to step in and be like, look, let's let's take the brunt of this because I think John Scott Neal, it's just loads of fans by the stream, but I wasn't quite so sure that there would be as much uptake on that. 
Um, so I thought that the GoFundMe would be the right, the right idea. And like I say, the, the wider football community, I mean, the, the comments and stuff on the page, are, I'm a Hearts fan, I'm a Dunfermline fan, I'm a Rovers fan. You know, people really backing us to the hill. And yeah, Doug's face, I was quite surprised. I'm not so sure I would back a Rovers Kickstarter. But, um, you know, we've had a, a sort of overwhelming response to that. And thanks so much to, to all our listeners for, for digging deep into your pockets. I think it just shows, though, that... Everyone thinks it's just absolutely ridiculous and it was the wrong decision. And there's not many things that unite the football community. And we've we've talked about this before. It's usually something like a tragedy, like Hillsborough or the Bradford fire or something with a player seriously injured. I mean, this has really united people. And on the whole, Clyde fans backed it as well. You're always going to get the odd numpty. We've got them... in our support as well. Every club's going to have them. They just want to troll or just want to argue on Twitter. But equally, Mike, we have been very critical of these five fans at times as well. And one point that I do want to make is how quickly we all showed, you know, that we're going to back the club, you know, universally from our fan base. I mean, although there was some people not connected to the club donated, a lot where the club and when we've asked what I want people have asked what I want to do with the additional cash on top of the thousand pounds, I suggested the East Fife Community Club or to the um, Leaving My Food Bank, pretty much I'm gonna go as far as saying eighty percent of the responses is to be no give it to the club we want it to go to the club. That that's nice. Just to remind you all, I have booked your first class flights for our live podcast recording in the summer. So look forward to seeing you guys coming over. Definitely not connected. <laughs> just, just an aside. No, I mean, I, I can also, I can also just quickly confirm that Clyde Superfan and my new best friend Diggy Donnelly have also confirmed that he thought the decision was farcical. Just thought I'd add that in there. But please carry on. Did you not chin him for a donation? No, he, I, I just made sure he paid me for caddying for him, so it was fine. So it was all good. I, I got he thought that back. was the donation. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I've already contributed, unlike some people, so I'm going to, you know, that, that's... Cheers, thanks. I was anonymous. Uh, were you? Yes. Excellent. You are You are normally. Oh! You do realise that if you put anonymous, I still see all the names, right? So you're not getting out of that with your cop-out. <laughs> I have hosting to pay for. for it's coming up in June. Talking of which, get your donations in to sponsor the show at Glory Days of Gold on Twitter, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. We are looking for show sponsors. We will be doing shows throughout the summer. I, I, I think that basically covers everything to do with that. Does anyone want to add anything that we haven't covered? I think we've kind of done, done this to death. Yeah. I, I do want to say, though, what happens now? Because does this need an overhaul? Does there need to be a kind of review into this? I don't think this should be a situation in the next season, the way that things seem to be going in a positive way in the UK. But should, should we just move on, just leave it as this, feel that we've been unjustly treated and just get on with it? I think to summarise, I, I don't think I don't think anyone could win. Like There was no winning situation there. I think for the SPFL, if they've just done nothing, it opens up a massive can of worms if someone just doesn't play a game and then go, well, he didn't do anything to his five, so why, you know, why does it matter? So I think it's it's just a pish situation that hasn't been handled very well, but we'll just move on. And as you say, 
I'd be very surprised if this ever happens again in our history of watching football. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it kind of sums up what this season has been. Uh, it's like hopefully there's never another season like this. At least last season, most of it was played. But you kind of have to hope that this is basically just a one-off season. Nothing's going to be like this again. We can all move on. And there's still two East 5 games to play, and there was another one played this week. We're going to come to that shortly. For now, though, we're going to bring you one of our musical sections on the show. And it's a new month, so it's new Artist of the Month. We started doing this when we did Have You Heard. We kind of went with five bands. So for Artist of the Month, or at least for this week, I want to go a little bit retro, and I want to kind of play some of the local five bands that were big in the, the late 80s into the 90s that just nev- a lot of them never got the opportunity to, to to make it. There was a lot of talent. The five music scene in Kirkcaldy, Methyl, Levin, Dunferman, there was loads of good bands out, out there in the 90s. On AFTN, we had a, a free pull-out fanzine called Ultracore, which was all about the local music scene. So I want to kind of showcase some of those bands. Some of them have reformed recently. And I want to start things off with a band that did just that. Kirkcaldy band, The Ghost Train. A band that was around from the mid-80s. And they, they had a, a number of releases. This is their double A-side single from 1986, Hope and Glory. <laughs>
So that was the ghost train there from 1986 with hope and glory. What a choo-choo tune! It certainly was. And yeah, the Lynx Market, I take it, didn't take place this year because I always remember the ghost train from that. Yeah, that was good. Oh, always like to have the willies put up me at the Lynx Market. You know what these travelling folk are like. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have some more retro fife tunes over this month as well on the show. But let's get back to the football chat now because we're obviously not going to delve too much into this. There was one game played this week. East Fife's proud home record that has lasted since 2019 has gone. Peterhead came, got out of jail, I don't think just for the match, I think just during the game, came away with a a 3-1 victory, and you saw what it meant to the boys in blue. They they loved it, celebrating wildly, because it meant that they were staying up. I think it's probably stopped East Fife's chances of finishing second on points, but I mean, who, who knows? Did you guys care about the home record? Did you guys care about the game? We kind of know that we didn't. I genuinely believe you'll be able to launch a ship on Daniel's tears um, that our proud home record and Stephen Mill with his unbeaten the century or whatever his, his, his line was. Yeah, I think those two... It wasn't unbeaten this century. Jesus, we'd be in the Premier if we were unbeaten at home this, this century. Decade, yeah, maybe decade. Oh, decade, yeah, it would be decade. So, yeah, I think that you'll definitely be able to to row your boat up the, the Clyde on, on those tears. <laughs> uh, Michael, row your boat ashore. Hallelujah. I think if we'd I think if we'd had a better season away from home, then I think that could be quite a big thing. Like if you you know going into next season and you've you've not you know, you know you've not you lost games at home and it's a bit of a fortress, but because our away form is so bad, we deserve to lose that game. I just, we didn't really deserve to have a massive positive come out of it. And it's a short season anyway, you know. I mean, Doug, if we had been better away from home, we would have probably been in the playoff places. I mean, let's be honest. That's, that's, that's true. Actually, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Um, No, that's true. Uh, The game, the game was, yeah, like we said, touched earlier on. It was, it was tough to watch. It's just tough to watch football where nothing matters. I mean, I've never been a fan of going to preseason games mm. for that very reason, unless you've made like a a raft of new signings and you're just wanting to see who's who. But I thought you meant a raft and you were going to sail down to Berwick or something on it to go sure, and see it. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So for me, it was the most boring game of the year, and. I will definitely not get the forfeit game because of that. And I'll probably not even bother with the Clyde one because of that. Because it's, it's, it was a waste of my life. Yeah. I mean, Gordon, thankfully, the last two games that's coming up are away games. So the club's not going to lose money for their folk by the, the, the streams or not. We, we talked about it last week. None of us, we, we, didn't, we genuinely didn't know if we we're going to bother watching the Clyde game or not. And obviously I get it on the overseas East 5 TV thing. I'm going to get these two games as well. But like on Tuesday night, I'm going to pay for the, the Kelty Broder stream and, and watch that. That interests me way more because it's got something to play for. I probably will watch the Clyde game if Clyde can 
finishing the the relegation playoff by by losing it or something. If it ends up being meaningless, I, I can't be asked watching that, and it's the last game of the season. And to not watch the last two games of the season, it's, it's kind of sad, really, because if we were there in person, we'd be going to these games, even if they were meaningless. Are you planning on watching either of them next week? Um, well, I, I paid for the Clyde game on Thursday, and I've not been refunded. I assume they said it was in... getting refunded. It was going to take three to five days to show up. They they made an announcement oh, right, on uh, Thursday night. Like that... Yeah, <laughs> you'll probably get it for thirty minutes, thirty eight minutes before kick off or on yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, twenty seconds before kick off. Um, I, I thought I assumed what they were maybe doing was just keeping the money and saying, "Oh well, you know, your ticket's valid for Thursday." Um, so I was probably planning to watch that one just because I paid for it, and we might relegate Clyde, which again, nothing against the club, but a few of their fans have you know, been annoying. So be also, they can't still. be relegated; they're just in the playoff. Ah, uh, true. That, that's true. But anyway, still, um, I, I, I find that I'm probably not going to watch the Forfar game. Like everyone else, I kind of I was watching that Peterhead game, and because we played quite well the first half hour, forty minutes, I was sort of interested. But after that, I just you know it was like preseason friendly stuff, but no new signings. So I just do, do you know what it, do you know what it is though for me is it's still a it's still a reaction to losing against Airdrie, and mm-hmm. you know I think. You know, even when we were like messaging each other in the group chat about it, it was all about like, oh, you know, Falkirk getting beat 4 0. You know, you're still looking at that top half with a little bit of envy going, oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, watching quite, Cove you know, put goals games. past Montrose, which they couldn't yeah, do when they needed to for us. I think it is that sort of scunnered thing of just, it just doesn't, because it doesn't matter. It's, and it was difficult for the players as well. It must be so difficult. As a as professional players and professional pride and all that to actually go into thundering tackles and all that sort of stuff when it just means nothing it is, and a few a few of them clearly were in that mode, which is fair enough. I, just to They've talk got about pregnant wives. Well, yeah. You know. I mean, who knows? Maybe they some of those guys that didn't play were like, you know what? I just I'd rather just take some time away make sure that everything's okay some guys might have been working the first half like we're not going to analyze the game but there's a couple of things i do want to talk about from the game the first half they did seem up for it but the goal that he's five got it it was just a comical goal it was well taken by aaron dunsmore but that's the last home game we've scored on the season farcical goal for a farcical yearly I don't think I could actually put that any better myself, mate. Um, I, I still, I, I, I really don't actually understand what happened, but kudos to the East Wife TV team for nailing the replays on the last game of the season, home game of the season, um, so we got to see it twice. Um, yeah, it looked just like a mix-up between goalkeeper and defender, and you know, Dunsmore just looked like he'd got a free ticket to a brothel when that happened, because it was just a oh, like, oh, yeah. I'll take that. Like we talked about us, <laughs> us not caring about the defeat. We also talked as well about none of us celebrated an East Fife goal any less. I, I don't think it was just on the players as well. It's just like uh, 
First of all, I thought he'd like, given us a free kick because no one was celebrating. And the way the referee came over, I thought it had been ruled off or offside or something. Yeah, just like, oh, well, that's pleasing. Yeah, um, it, was, it was like watching a completely neutral game of football. Like two teams that you've got. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even... Nothing changed in my demeanour when we scored that goal. Nothing. I didn't even go, oh, it was nothing. Like, it was quite funny. Actually, it took... It took quite a while for any of us to type on a, on the WhatsApp. I was just waiting on someone going, like, goal, or, and there was nothing. It was, uh, yeah, quite amusing. I, mean, I think I just laughed. I was like, yes. I think that was probably a bit like, <laughs> even, even Dumbarton last week, we were saying, like, oh, actually, after Miller Fenton's mistake, it, oh, I'd probably rather Dumbarton have scored just because that would have been a funny moment. You know, like, in a normal game with something at stake, you're, you're never thinking that. Nah, I didn't say I know I didn't celebrate any goals. I didn't really care when the goals were going in. Like you say, it was just it was like if I was watching at the moment Aloha versus Dunfermline on the stream. I'd just be like, nah, don't care. So yeah, two games left for for East Fife. We basically we just can't wait for this this season to end. Three two ones. Yeah. Do, do you want to do one for that yes. Peterhead game? I, I cannot tell you how many times you've said that, Michael, this season. Like, do you want to do 3 2 It's like, well, you, 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 we're either running a 3 2 okay, okay. or we're not going to bother. That's oh, very, very fair. Will we, we, we just not bother? Yes, we will bother. But I'm like that when I'm doing the post-game work. shows for the Whitecaps. It's like, that was a shit game. Do we want to even talk about it? Someone, someone left a comment or, on on iTunes for our show a few years ago saying, aye, they're fine when the team win, but then they lose and they disappear for a couple of weeks. Shocking. <laughs> but yeah, three, three, two, one. Lee, off you go. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it, it's, it's kind of neutral. Um, probably three points. I thought Craig Watson played okay. Two points to Dan Adam Dunsmore, um, and a point to Jordan Hart. Ooh, really? <laughs> he, made a, he made a really good save, um, and it's probably the only thing that I could think of that was positive apart for that. I think um, he shipped two goals as well. Yeah. Three. Oh, you played pretty much what you missed. Oh, oh yeah, well. of course. <laughs> um, I seen I seen the replay of the, the first one. They got kind of beaten his near post, but I don't think I think Daniel and Stephen had sort of alluded to the fact that the keeper could have done better. I'm not so sure with the pace that the guy hit it, but yeah, I'm going to stick with, with Jordan Hart for a point. <laughs> go, I go, I go, I go. Um, three points. You're the guys that were keen to do this. Aye, but this is based mostly on the first half because the second half was both terrible and I kind of stopped watching it. Um, three points and Dunsmore. I thought he had a really good first half. Um, I mean, he took his goal well, but aside for that, I thought he had a really good game. Again, that's two good games for him. Uh, two points to Ross Davidson. Um, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Won a few tackles. Used the ball quite well. Uh, good to see a uh, single point. I'm really kind of struggling here. 
but I'd probably give it to Danny Swanson because I thought he had a good first half. He, he faded quite badly, but he was he was decent in there. But everyone did, so. Yeah, I wonder how many times we've said that, though, about Swanson this season. It's like, oh, really good to start with, but then faded. Um, I, yeah, it, I mean, obviously I was just very vocal about making sure we do 3 2 one I almost struggle to even remember who was playing. I've just pulled. I, literally, I have just got the team up on my phone because I couldn't remember. It's the first. It's the first game this season that I wrote nothing down, not one word. Okay, um, if it was on first half, I would have given three points to uh, Jordan Hart, but he's going to get nothing. Uh, three points. I'm going to give two. Um, one point to Aaron Steele. I thought he was quite solid again. And I liked that he did, he did one long throw, which was menacing. So well done to him. Uh, I am going to go two points to... I'm also going to go Ross Davidson. I thought he does what he did what he does. Did, did what he does what he do. Uh, you know what I mean? And I'm going to give three points also to Aaron Dunsmore. I'm going to give three to Dunsey solely for the goal two to Craig Watson because I don't remember him fucking things up but I might be wrong there and I, I, like, I'm looking at the team here and I was like oh Cole McKinnon was playing I genuinely don't remember Cole McKinnon playing in that game well it, he looks exactly like uh, Miller Fenton because they've both got the same haircut now and they're both playing on the left so I couldn't tell them apart I, I'm just going to give one to Aaron Steele just to encourage him Hopefully he stays around for next season and we get another another year with him. I like the interview they showed with him at half time. Can I also yeah. apologise to the listeners on behalf of for Gordon's behaviour there? Because on this show you do not mention the name of Miller Fenton without saying what? Oh. That that's Jesus Christ. Thank you. Carry on. Sorry. As you were. Take one, Gordon. I don't know whether it was one of you guys, or whether it's somewhere else, but basically that Steele at half-time had only seen two games in East Fife and had basically summed up where our season had gone wrong just from watching those two performances, which I, th- I liked that. So I'm, I'm giving him a point based on that. I'm listening to the pod. You know, of course. learn a gentleman like ourself with our expert football opinions. He probably watched the the Clyde fan watch along after it and just went, you want to watch? These guys know what they're talking about. Folk are still watching that on YouTube. I find that quite remarkable. It's good. Anyway, the season is basically coming to an end. Next week's show, we are going to have our end of season special. We'll be talking players of the year, goal of the year, miss of the year, other fun things that will come up we'll kind of come up with a, a few categories over the course of the week if you've got any fun categories for us to, to chat about for the end of season show let us know on twitter at glory days of gold or shoot us an email glory days of gold at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me as well at aft in canada because i can never rear, rear of the year email. rear of the year oh. yeah sure hazel Irwin. Irwin is which, always uh, which scottish league one footballer has the best arse I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be good. If it was arse of the year, then I think we could have quite a few people falling into that for SPFL and various other things. Maybe there'll be a fine arse as well as a good willy. Always love a good willy.
Take me back to the Lynx market days yet again. But we'll talk a little bit more Scottish football in a sec. Let's have another one of our fun segments now. We saw how good he was as a fullback. He's one of Lee's all-time favourite East Five players. But does you and Donaldson fancy a chocolate digestive? You and if you're sitting at home, you decide that you want to have a hot beverage. What would be your hot beverage of choice? A tea, a coffee, a hot chocolate? A coffee. And do you have a sweet tooth? Very sweet tooth. Okay, so you're sitting with your coffee then. What do you have with it? What is your sweet treat? It would either be, it depends what kind of mood I'm in. If I like a wee bit of chocolate with it, I would maybe go double decker or uh, I'd probably go double decker if I was going with chocolate. Non-chocolate, it would be custard creams, maybe about four or five, or uh, bourbon biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hadn't had custard creams for years, and then one of my fellow journalists out here, she loves them. So then she gave me one one day when we were at Whitecaps training. And then since then, I've been like, oh my God, I forgot how good custard creams were. So I just stocked up and I've been eating custard creams as well at the moment. So. Yeah, got to be, they've got to be Asda ones right enough. Oh, see, I'm they getting McVitie's be... Tasters ones at the moment. Oh, no, no. They need to be Asda. They're the, they're the connoisseur of custard creams at the minute. Oh, I'll we'll check that out. That, that one's not easy to get here. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that, yeah. Yeah, the, the cheap aspect's good. Custard creams are custard creams to me, but I'll check. Next time I'm back home, I'll check out some Asda ones. Yeah, do that. So say you're having your custard cream then, or your double-decker, but probably your custard cream, and you've got your coffee. Are you a dunker? Yes. Ah. Definitely. Custard creams are good for dunking. I'm, I've decided I'm going to, just to fill some time during all these lockdowns and stuff, I'm going to be <laughs> filming a video series of the best biscuits to dunk. So... <laughs> Lee, you can oh. take part in this as well if you want. <laughs> You've got too much time on your hands if you're doing stuff like that. I do at the moment, yeah. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Custard cream connoisseur, Ewan Donaldson, East Fife legend, Five Biscuit Dunker. What more could you ask for? No wonder he's one of Lee's favourite players of all time. Come for the football chat, stay for the nonsense about biscuits. But back to the football chat now, because the SPFL actually got a decision right this week. There is going to be relegation playoffs at the bottom of League 2 and for the Highland League champions and for the Lowland League champions even though they didn't play many games but after a judicial review I believe it was and there was lawyers involved and everything the decision has finally been made that yes Brora and Kelty can play and whoever wins that is going to face off against Brecon it's official now the Hedge boys are fighting for their league lives. Right decision, Lee? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that 100%, you know, sporting integrity is probably won over there. And I'm kind of caught in a a rock in a hard place because obviously my disdain for Kelty makes me really not want 
anything good for them. But I've actually decided that my new team are Brora Rangers, um, and I'm going to just be a massive Brora Rangers fan from now on. So hopefully is that your closet Rangers side finally coming out again? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so I've been looking up some Brora Rangers um, information and really get myself geared towards the game. So they were actually founded in 1879. So they're actually an older club. Wow. So they, they actually have history. Yes, exactly. Um, they play at Dungeon Park. They've got 4,000 capacity, 200 seated. Um, their nickname's the Catax. Their um, away kit is um, yellow and black hoops, so it could almost be East Fife colours too. So I've decided that we are all Brora on Tuesday. I, I don't know that Doug and Gordon's going to agree with that, but I, I'm I'm all in on Brora. That can be our hashtag, all in on Brora. Population yeah. of the village is 1,870, according to the 2011 census. That must make them the smallest place in Scotland to have a league team if they, they got a league status. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's actually quite remarkable and kind of shows you how much punching above the, the weight that it is. Sorry, I'm just looking up Annan's population. 8,780. I wasn't sure about Annan. So, yeah, quite a lot more. But, yeah, Doug, what was the proper de- decision to, to have this? I listened to the, the Sports Sign podcast on Wednesday night because Darren Young was on it. And they were talking about, basically, it would be farcical. And it would completely ruin having this pyramid system if for two seasons in a row you don't get the chance to come up for it and for all you can say about yeah Broad has only played three games and Kelty didn't play tons more you had to have something otherwise it was just farcical even if you just promoted the two of them into the league and expanded the league I would maybe have preferred that but I don't think you can argue that Brecon have been terrible this season and for sport and integrity, they should be in a in a match like this for their survival. Without a doubt, it's the right decision. Uh, I'm absolutely against expanding the leagues. We cannot have more football teams in Scotland, surely. It's mental enough as it is. Um, I could not care less. I'm actually, I think I'm maybe the only one of the four who, I, I, I don't actually care. I definitely won't watch Brewer versus Kelly. Who cares? I, I mean, I've said it before. My heart just bleeds for Brecon, and I know that they've been rubbish for three or four years. But you know, a lot before that, they were they were a pretty well established, good part, very very good part time Scottish football team. I just I don't know. Like we talked about last week, it's it's hard to come back from. Very yeah. very hard to come back from. Unless they, they get a sugar daddy thing. coming in, I don't see them coming back into the league. Nah, I mean. I think it, it just rips the soul out of the club, doesn't it? I mean, it's any form of decent player is going to go. You're not you're not going to hang on to anyone. And I mean, obviously they've not got many anyway. To be fair, um, yeah. So you've got two in, in brackets ambitious teams, but as Gordon's talked about, it is previously is ambitious. Just another word for loaded, basically. Um, so. Yeah, it doesn't put me up or down. It's the right decision. There's no doubt about that. You, you need to have some form. And yeah, Broad only played three games, but do you know what? They've been the best hand league team for a while. Keltier have been the best lone league team for the last couple of years. So it, it's the right one. But I, yeah, I, I don't know if I care. Well, here is here is something as well that I've seen is 
obviously Brora beat Hearts. Right, so I mean they've definitely got a capable squad, and that was without having played any games. They just turned up to the the game and did well. But yeah, both Brora and Kelty have been beaten by Stranraer this year. So interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest, um, if it wasn't for the fact that it was going to Kelty, I might have been tempted to put my hand in the pocket on Tuesday, see if I could find an illegal stream. I've I've heard that they all. There will be streams for all the games. Brora will stream it as well. Oh, oh in that case, I'll be giving um, my money to Brora I'm, then. I might, I might, I might watch the second one. I'm probably not going to watch the one on Tuesday because, yeah, don't I, care. But second one maybe. I, I just had a quick look at the populations for Kelty and Brecon as well. So Brecon's like about nine and a half thousand. Kelty's sixty-seven hundred. So whoever ends up getting through this, it's a small population to to have a, a football team. Which is kind of good. Let's just quickly go around. Who, who have you got between Brora and Kelty? And do you think they will see off Brecon in the, in the next leg of all this? Lee? It's, gonna... it's heart and head time. <laughs> no, like the, the jokes about Kelty and stuff. I, I think that Kelty have got a really good side. The only reason I'm actually going to take Brora over Kelty is the fact that what they did to Hearts and they're obviously big game players. So this is obviously their cup finals. So I'm going to say that they're going to win 3-1 at home and lose 1-0 away, and then they'll beat Brecon. Mm. Doug? I don't think Kelty are that good. I think they've got mostly washed up former league players, apart from Fash. We love you, Fash. Um yeah, I, I also don't really know much about Brora. I'm going to go for Brora to win, and I think it's almost a certainty whoever wins that will beat Brecon over two legs. But if it was a one-off one game, I think Brecon might have a chance. I think over two legs. I actually think over two legs, it could be quite a like humping. Ooh, that's a, that's a bold they're, they're poor, very poor. What about yourself, Gordon? I mean, Forford did get that win over Cowden. I think um, I agree with Doug there. I think whoever wins out of Brora and Kelty is going to absolutely do breaking over two legs. Uh, I think it could be quite tight. I think, you know, there's a tendency to say Brora beat Hearts, but like you say, they got beat by Stranraer. Uh, you know, I think there's a tendency to kind of overestimate these teams a little bit, but they're they're probably quite decent teams. They would do very well in League Two. They're probably quite close, but I think I might go for Brora as well. I, I want Brora. I'd love to see Brora in the, the league for many reasons, but I, I, that's an away trip that would be fantastic once we can get back to things and, and stuff like that. I mean, looking at Brecon's goal difference, it's minus 32, and we know that Kelty have guys that can score a lot of goals. I know very little about Brora apart from what I saw from the, the two cup games. I, I think Kelty will will beat Brora. And then, yeah, I I, I think, I can't see Brecon doing this. But, I mean, the pressure is on Brecon because they probably know if they fall out of the league, that could be it. But Kelty as well, if it ends up being Kelty that's in that game against Brecon... The, all their investment has come to this. This is their moment that if they then don't shine, it's kind of all been for nothing in many ways because I think next season is going to be a struggle for Kelty. But we'll, we'll see how all that plays out. Just a 
couple of other little things just regarding sort of Scottish League 2 since we're talking about that. The playoff is fantastic. Now, as I said, we're recording this on, on Friday night, but there is one point separating Edinburgh City in second, Elgin in third, who's just had a great little run of form, Stirling Albion, Stranraer in fourth. So you're permanent three from four, just to go back to that. That is going to be an exciting end to the season. I don't know if it's going to be enough to make me want to buy a stream for one of these games, but it's exciting. I might buy streams for, for the playoffs just to kind of see some exciting, meaningful games. Because they're I all going to be in the same team. We, we need to start questioning your sanity. I mean, you're not, you're not telling me you're going to buy, potentially buy one of the last games of the season in League Two between Elgin and Stennis Muir. I mean, your poor wife, what was going on? Uh, yeah. I, I, she, again, she's doing courses at the moment. I'm on my own. Again, I find it hard to even care even a wee bit about the fact that it's tight. It, you know, it's exciting for them, but I just I just want the season to, to be over. I'm trying to build up our Scottish football podcast. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. And I do get that. But uh, yeah, great. Michael, I notice how eager he seems to be to put your pocket your money in your pocket for other clubs and you haven't even donated to us yet. It's reached yeah, its target. Anonymous. Now, do we want to talk about how much money we've given the club so far this year? <laughs> Let's move on then. <laughs> still waiting for still waiting for my hospitality. We can't even get into the ground to watch a game. <laughs> anyway, so that that's it for the League Two chat then. Nearly. I do want to talk about the big talking point that, that came out on, on Thursday night. I, I, I want to be a little bit delicate with it solely because of the, the statement that was issued on Friday by one of the players involved through his lawyer. So I just want to tread delicately on it. But Albion Rovers' David Cox gave a very impassioned video uh, on Facebook Live on Thursday night. He walked out of the Albion Rovers' Stenhouse Muir game at halftime after, he says, being abused by Jonathan Tiffany, Stenhouse Muir captain, about his mental health. David Cox alleges that Tiffany said to him, it's a shame he didn't get it right the first time, in relation to David Cox previously talking about how he had tried to kill himself. And, I mean, the outpouring of support for David Cox in this was fantastic. And there's always a talk in the game about like racial abuse during games, homophobic slurs during games, and mental health is a side of things that we've talked about it a lot on the show. Lee, you've been very open uh, uh, about issues you've had. Danny Swanson was very open about things when, when we had him on the show. When you heard this last night, Lee, what what was your immediate thought? I, I, to be honest, I, I kind of put my head in my hands a little bit because, I mean, I followed this story for a long time now and I mean obviously I know that it was at Cowden Beef and you I mean to me this is bigger than football. Um and the abuse that the guy's had and things said to him over the years is sickening. And I mean Well he, it, he talked in his video about the abuse that he's had from fans and you you can just imagine. Oh of course. We've all been guilty of saying stuff to players at, at games. I'm not trying to pass myself off here as being squeaky clean, call, but... Calling somebody shite is a lot different from saying, I wish you were dead. Yeah. And that, to me, was... It, 
now whether he said it or not, and you know, I don't want to get myself in any libel. Yeah, but like we'll we'll mention Jonathan Tiffany vehemently denies seeing this, and his lawyer said he his client is innocent and they will fight all charges of this. Tiffany says that Cox actually said things to him and he got booked for it and the linesman would have overheard everything. Now you don't know it, it's got it's now going down to he he said he said thing. But just for David Cox to come out and do this video yeah. no no matter what comes out of this with Tiffany I think it, it opens up the bigger discussion of we need to talk more about mental health and what is acceptable to be said on a football pitch. Like the, like he says, you know, you could be saying something, you know, you're shy, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. But I need to know what sort of absolute piece of scum do you need to be, fan or player, to say that to somebody? No matter how much I dislike somebody, I don't think I would ever be caught saying, you know, you should have done it right or anything like that is is absolutely abhorrent. Like, and, you know, I've, when I've seen the messages and stuff coming through last night, I was actually in bed and I was, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like that guy's like literally just retired from football, walked out into his car and you could see the emotion. Now, you can't fake that. Yeah, so that, that that's the thing because something's happened because you don't just walk out at halftime of a game yeah. and then suddenly go and do that video. Yeah, you, you can't fake that. that you know, if, there was, if, if he's faking that, then, you know, he'll, he'll be taking no Clark's bath off him um, because there's, there's no way that, 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 that he hasn't heard something that, that deeply offended him. Um, and do you want to know what? I've, I've got all the respect in the world for the guy for coming out and just being like, I'm done. But it'd be just as easy to have gone on the pitch and banged him. And he said that in his statement. Yeah, he was very, very open about what he would have done, and quite rightly so. So it's actually good that he removed himself from that situation because yeah. he could have been facing like a jail sentence or something if he had followed through with what he said he was going to do. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I played um, a pretty poor standard of football, um, you know, pub league and stuff. And I literally heard somebody utter the words, I hope your mum gets cancer again. <sighs> and that that I thought was going to be the worst thing that I'd ever heard in the pack. And it was actually a boy on our team and he never played for us again. Um, it was awful. Like, and I've never, ever looked at him the same way. And if that was my teammate and I hear that, there's no defending that and it was a bit like the the Glenn Kamara Slavia Prague thing you know oh I didn't say anything racist I just said you fucking guy no you never yeah and and you know how do you, how do you defend that you know because you've got your you've got your teammate which I get and your loyalties to them but is your loyalty them on a foot as a football team or loyalty to another human you know, to, to somebody that... If, imagine he just went home and killed himself. Yeah. It just... It, it doesn't bear worth thinking about. And, you know, I said it on my, my personal Twitter feed. You know, I stand with the guy and I would 100% believe him um, that he said that over anybody else. I mean, the, the thing is, Doug, Stennis Muir have opened uh, an inquiry 
and it's been referred to the the SFA in this case. If there's not witnesses, it's going to be hard to prove that anything happened. But of course, this is like we won't get too much into this, but it's brought everything up about Jonathan Tiffany and his past and the fact that he's on the the sex offenders list for, for stuff that he's done. Now, I do believe people deserve a second chance. So just because that happened to him in 2012, found guilty in 2014, doesn't mean he doesn't deserve a chance to, to rebuild his life. If he's turned a corner and shown remorse and is a different person. If he's found guilty of doing this though, he should not be playing football again. But Albion Rovers issued a strong statement saying if they'd known what had happened, they would have walked off the pitch. Now that would have been an interesting one for the SPFL to to deal with as well. I mean, what did you think about when you you heard all of this? Just sadness, really. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like Lee. I, I, I took a bit of interest in in his story over the years, and you'd, you'd think it would be the complete opposite of that. Like you'd think you'd think if you. I mean, every player that's playing in, on that pitch with him will know fine well what he's gone through and what he's or is going through and, and battling. See, you think it would almost be the opposite of that. It would be, mm-hmm. you know, support more than anything. So that look, someone said something. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I, I just, I think maybe as a society, I think maybe football as a whole needs to look at themselves. I mean, I, I think back to the. You know the Paul McGrill, and I, I remember being at Stranraer away, yes, by fans. And look, I was I'd had a few sherberts that day, so probably me as well. I can't remember, so I'll just say it was because you know singing about his wife and he's giving us the fingers, and then you know we know what happened to him. I, I think I think about that a lot, actually. Yeah, I do. I do as well. So, so we've all got responsibility in that state, and and it's that it's that line of oh, it's just banter. Well. It's banter to you. It's maybe banter to ninety percent of the people, but to the ten percent, it's like very, very damaging. And I just think so many things about like Lee was talking there about, um, you know, hearing that guy say that, you know, about your mum getting cancer and stuff. It, it's these people that just think words mean nothing, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's a society thing, and it's totally got to change. I mean, I even think back to. You know, simple things like I remember playing for that East Fife supporters team, Lee, you, you were playing as well. And I remember there was a 16 year old referee at that game. And I can't remember if we were playing Morton or something. And the abuse they were given the 16 year old kid was just horrendous. Like horrendous. And you think, what, what sort of human being like gets that in their brain? Like, yeah, this, oh, this, this is the right thing to do. It's just. As I say, we're all guilty of, of getting tribal in football. We're all guilty of, of overstepping the sort of passionate mark. But when it gets that personal, I mean, it, it's, it's it's as I say, it's just really, really sad. Now, Gordon, the thing with, with Tiffany is he's kind of saying that Cox said something to him and that was why he was booked in the game because he came on the pitch. So we, we don't know what's going to happen. It's going to get messy. It's just, it's very unsavoury how this is all ultimately, I guess, going to play out. It, the best thing that can come out of it is it starts having discussions about mental health and maybe more players open up because the the overwhelming support that David Cox has had, 
whether anything Tiffany gets found guilty or not, I, I think it's great. I, I tweeted it out here. Some of the players that play here in Canadian Premier League and stuff, they retweeted it. They thought it was disgusting. Hopefully, it starts a conversation and hopefully it just raises this issue a bit more. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. You know, you watch that video and I totally agree with what Lee and Doug have said. Like You, you think that's... That's not a guy that's, you know, exaggerating or lying to get someone in trouble. I, I mean, my my first thought watching that is that he's he's telling the truth and he's been, you know, it's something that's affected him a lot on in, at that point in time. And you know, particularly with football and just more generally, you know, we're, we're sort of moving in the right direction with a lot of these things and people are more aware of it and. Um, you know, the thing that strikes me is, you know, you speak to people, people have experiences for their own life, and especially with men and younger men, it's like, I almost don't know anybody who hasn't in some way kind of been affected by stuff like this. So to sort of, you know, that that, that difference between banter, you know, if it's, if it's something about the way you're playing or even if it's something about the way you look or whatever like that, that's one thing, but reaching into somebody, something you know about somebody's life, and you know that's a, a point of pain for them, and using that, I think that's what really kind of, um, I think that's what hits a lot of people. Like, no, that's that's way over the line. Um, but Ben Cox has been putting up with this for years. I've heard him yeah. talking about this years ago, and hopefully, what this does, because I think there's been a bit, there's been a bit of this thing, like, you know, we're maybe talking about. Um, mental health and stuff like that a bit more and there's a bit more awareness going around but for some reason I think people have thought oh you know it's, it's terrible that he'll get abuse like that but you know it's just part and parcel of the game but something like this will maybe make people say actually no that's not something that's not something that's acceptable and we have to treat that as seriously as we've begun to treat racism and everything like that my only concern, sorry, Michael, is is I'm just going to go back to a point that you've said. As you said, oh well, this encourage more players to to talk about that. I think yeah. the exact opposite. Why would you bring that up if you know that you're going to be chastised by by opposition players? The last thing you're going to want to do is talk about it. I mean, you've only got to look at um, what we've seen in the past with homophobia in football and and how that's led to to things down the line too. Basically, it's be a lad's lad or fuck off. We're going to abuse you for it. And it's not right. It's, it, you know, the, the game is for everyone. Everyone. There's no divine right, as as, as Doug said, um, and I, I like that quote. There's no divine right to say you must be X, Y, or Z to enjoy football. You could be anything that you want. If you've had mental health issues, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is, is be open about it. And then somebody say, you know, you should have killed yourself or you should have done a better job at it. And to be honest, if the guy's found guilty of that, and I, I do I do genuinely believe he is guilty of it, personally, that's my personal opinion, um, then they, they should throw the book at him and ban they, him. But they, they, I mean, they will. If, they, if he's found guilty, they, they, they definitely will. I think I think anything other than that would just... <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they absolutely will. Your, your big problem you've got is players know they can get away with it. Fans yeah. know they can get away with it because 
especially <laughs> in the lower leagues, because there's not cameras everywhere. Yeah, but if you, you, you think about that situation, they were saying, oh, the linesman must have heard something. Then the linesman's pulling his head going, oh, did I hear something? Who said it? Though? Who was, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. And, and you, you, you kind of get that from the human level where you're just like, right, maybe he's, you know, I've heard it, but I don't know who said it, and this is going to get in, in a difficult situation. But it's the same with this whole um, social media thing that's going on down south. You know, I think it's great that there's this sort of um, protest and they're going to boycott social media. But the social media companies don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't care. I mean, there's a, we know the thing to do to stop it is make people accountable for it. But they won't because they'll lose billions of pounds. They don't care. Like, they generally don't. So it, it, you need an organisation to, to make a really brave call or something to get for things to change otherwise they won't because I think people still go down this sort of sticks and stones sort of theory oh it's just words and it, it's not life life's moved on from that it's it's a it is a different world we live in whether it's better or not who knows but it's you know it's people going about the, the sort of snowflake thing I mean that's such a bullshit white male word I mean I, I always say this is going off topic slightly, and I apologise, but there was the thing about the American golfer who said a homophobic word when he missed a putt, and people are going, oh, it's just snowflakes. The, the people who use the term snowflake are white males, the least prejudiced group of people in the history of mankind. It's like, it, it, it's just, who cares if someone's offended? Why, does, why are you offended because someone else is offended? That, that's just their feelings. You know, you all have feelings. Someone could call me a fat bastard. It doesn't bother me, but, if, you know, on, on another day, it might bother me. So it's like, it's, words can affect people in different ways. Just, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm totally woeful here, but it's... it's No, it, you're making a good point. And like what, what Lee said as well is very good point. I was going to come at that because it's like this weekend, they're all doing this social media blackout, etc. It's kind of tokenism. It's it's like with the Black Lives Matter thing, the players are all taking a knee and it's just become part of the thing now. It's like the need to then move on. There needs to be change. Otherwise, it's just you're just doing something because you feel it's the right thing to do. You're just saying something because it's the right thing to, to say. Oh, we're supportive of David Cox. We're supportive of mental health, etc., etc., there has to be change. You have to actually see, see some kind of physical change in this. Otherwise, nothing is going to get better. And like I hadn't thought of that, Lee. You've made a very good point. Why would you come out now to discuss it? Because you know there's going to be someone somewhere that will then use that against you. The, um, the, 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 the home of folk, sorry, the, 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 the gay footballer one always baffles me for that exact point that Lee's made. If you're... Say you're 27 years old and you're like, well, will I come out as being gay or will I just wait the six years to retire, then come out and have no fans calling me horrific names for the rest of my career? I mean, it, it's sad. Of course, it's very sad that that is the case, but why would they? Well, Honestly, look, yeah. I mean, look at just the fashion abuse he got. Yeah, absolutely. He took his own life because of it. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Along the fashion thing is a hundred percent prominent. I get it. Obviously, in 
in latter years, there, there's been a few Thomas Hitzelsberger, um, Robbie Rogers, mm-hmm. um, are, are two that I could really think of at the top of my head. But it really, um, in my lifetime, there's not been um, a superstar that's come out. And, you know, obviously, like 90% of the hope of the, the, the football family would, you know, applaud them for their bravery for doing it. But it's is that the other people that that wouldn't, and and that concerns me, you know, because all it could easily lead to another fashion moment. And not only that, footballers are probably terrified to come out, not just for the abuse, but you've then got to think about, you know, oh well, maybe teams won't sign me. You know, you've got to only think yeah. about, you know, players going to like really. Their opportunity is limited, you know, because obviously in the UK we're we're fairly um, open, you know, the states probably too. But if, if you're in a place like maybe Italy or Russia or um, any well, the Eastern, Eastern European, European places, countries, or, yeah, yeah, really or, or the Middle East. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to give you an example of that. Like MLS is very good for all inclusive. They've got all these things. So they, they have like Pride Month, Pride Week, stuff like that. So we've got a player in the Whitecaps. He's Iraqi. So there's a lot of Iraqi fans following the team because of that. He's a big star player for their national team. So whenever the Whitecaps post anything about like Pride Week or anything with a rainbow flag, the replies on Instagram and Twitter from fans from the Middle East is absolutely abhorrent. It's and we're just, taking a World Cup there. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. it's like not a lot shocks me these days. Like the thing with David Cox last night genuinely shocked me. And when you yeah. read some of these things, and like I've talked about Alfonso Davies on the show before. Um, his girlfriend is a young white Canadian girl. They met while they were through the Whitecaps academies. And whenever they post a picture of themselves together on Instagram, the abuse they get, is just like incredible. Her in particular, because she's going out with a black guy. But that's what I'm saying about the and the, the these companies, and it's so easy. Like, well, governments can step in surely and say, right, Facebook, you now have to by law you must people who sign up must give addresses, whatever it would you know it would take. But because it's just what it's like. Oh, these companies are terrible. We'll do something about it then. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not. And you get this. It should be right. Okay, we're introducing in twenty twenty two that anybody with an active Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram account must upload a picture of their driver's license, passport, um, to be verified. That, that should just be it. They can liaise with a customer data, the government database to make sure that all the details are correct. You know, the government could come out and say that, right, we'll give you free renewals of your passport or you can get yourself a, a sort of UK identity card, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and that should just be the way it is. You've got six months to register it or you lose your account. But they won't. And it's the same way that, that they won't ban cigarettes, even though they know it kills people because they, they make money out of it. The tax is huge and it's it's... That's where it just gets like you're banging your head against the brick wall because it's there's there there are difficult ways to solve things, but or not solve it, at least make a start to it that they just won't do because it's yeah it's 
too easy to do these things sometimes. I, I know I've kind of gone a little bit off tangent. I'll just kind of bring it together. I want to give you a, an example of something that happened in, in the US last year. Phoenix were playing San Diego. It's like second tier USL. So San Diego have a, a gay player. He was one of the first to come out, Colin Martin. So one of the Phoenix players made a homophobic slur against him. He said, did you just call me a whatever? The referee heard him say that and sent him off for using the word. And then there was uproar. And then he rescinded the red card. And then they wanted the other player to get sent off. And he refused because he hadn't heard it. So then they went to the bench and said, you need to take this player off. And it's like, I'm not taking him off. So the, the San Diego team walked off the pitch. And it cost him a playoff place because they had to forfeit the game. I think I saw that. I think I saw something about it that. It was incredible. Like that. Yep. So, no, like, it's... all authorities, companies, they need to do something about this. And to bring it back to mental health, like, we've talked a lot about it on the show. We want to have a special. We'll probably do that, I think, in, in the summer, we, uh, in the, yeah. the weeks to come. And, like, Danny Swanson said, he'd be, be keen to get involved. There was a young player, I don't know if any of you remember, a guy called Ryan Pierce. He was with Kilmarnock. Um, well, actually, Ryan O'Leary, uh, I think, was his, his footballing name. He's the the son of Pierce O'Leary and the nephew of David O'Leary. He goes by Ryan Pierce now because he's an actor. But he quit because he had mental health issues and felt he wasn't getting the support. And his manager at Kilmarnock at the time wasn't very supportive. So he ended up walking away from the game. You've seen David Cox now walking away from the game. And... You can't have this. It's like fans as well. If anything, I just hope that this weekend makes some people think about the abuse that they do all out on Twitter. You know it's not. You know it's not going to make any difference. We've all seen it. And I, I don't know what the answer is. Doug makes very good points there. My main thing when I heard that last night, my first thing I thought of was, I hope David Cox is okay when he goes home. Because it's like, he's gone home now. He's out of the public limelight. How has he felt when he's woken up this morning? I hope he's got a chance to speak to a counsellor this morning or got some help this morning. Because this has now just got the whole spotlight of the world on him. Because it has gone worldwide. And, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I have a horrible feeling that they can't find Tiffany guilty if there's no proof. If no one else comes forward as a witness, I don't know how they find him guilty. So I think what's really, I think what's really sad. Sorry, Michael, is that sadly he might wake up this morning feeling a sense of relief that he's had that he's walked away from football, which in itself yeah. is is just such a horrifically sad thing to say about a thirty-two-year-old guy who's who's doing a job that we all would love to do, but he might he might feel a total sense of relief that he's right. I'm done with this now. I can just, you know, because, which is, as I say, it's just, it's just really sad. It's it's the, the sad side of humanity. Yeah, it's like that Ryan O'Leary guy. That's exactly what he felt. He felt relief at just walking away from it because he felt he wasn't mentally strong enough to, to be a footballer. And I, I, I did an interview with him because he was in a TV show over here. So I'll play some of that chat that we had when we when we do our show on that. So that's something that, that we'll work on. But that that is it basically for the football chat. That is it basically for the show. I, we've covered 
quite a few serious issues uh, in the show. So I'll, I'll just I'll finish with a kind of one of our more light-hearted sections. It's our section called Wavelength, where we play a song all about football, usually by a proper band. And this month, my theme for the songs is going to be about football positions on the pitch. And I'm going to kick one off about substitutes. And a, a thing that I think we've said a lot over the, the course of the season, we've certainly thought it when games haven't been going well for East Fife. That and make a change? <laughs> yes, exactly. Bring on the substitute. And it's this not is time a, to make a change. Yeah, yeah, it's like we've got to go two goals down, obviously, before we bring on the substitute. This is a song from 90s band I Ludicrous. They're an English band. This is their song, Bring On The Substitute.
said. Aye, ludicrous there. Bring on the substitute. You can find that on their greatest hits, 20 Years in Show Business. They've got a few other football songs on there as well. I think that's pretty much it for for this week's show, Lee, unless there's any mailbag stuff. I don't know if there has been. No, there's not been any mailbag for a, a while, and I think that probably really until we, we bring an interview section back and, yeah. and not um, the, the fan zone, which we've been doing for the, the last couple of months now, then we'll... We'll start seeing more stuff in. Of course, um, we're coming at the end of the season. Um, I, I tweeted out that we're going to go to potentially one show every two weeks um, to allow Michael a chance to get a break because his MLS season is really kicking in. Um, and we're doing well. I'm not used to this. Yeah, so I'll, we'll let him enjoy that. Um, I'm back to work now and things are, are pretty busy. So um, I think one show every two weeks will be great. Um, we'll try and get as many interviews as we can we're still chasing Steve Archibald to hopefully get him and it's coming up to our one year anniversary as well Mm -hmm. Um, which is crazy to think that our little podcast started a year ago we've raised probably just shy of £5,000 for the club um, over the course of the last year with um, the money for vests various other donations for the the boards etc etc so um, and then obviously this one's sitting at about two grand as well so and thanks to everybody for the, the first year in uh, Glory Days of Gold um, in the coming weeks. And, yeah, if you want anybody wants to interview, let us know. Yeah, well, I actually did get uh, one thing into the mailbag on Twitter. Got a message from our good friend Ian down in Leeds. You can give him a follow at Ian East Leeds on Twitter. He said, now then, lads, loved your latest episode. It was a good one. Especially Michael's rant about Leicester. If you think Leicester was a fairy tale, it tells you all you need to know about how the EPL has skewed football away from the people who sustained football before it became trendy. Saw this piece and thought of your football film chat, and he, he shared a, a link basically about want to feel old, very old, Gregory's girl is 40. He says, if we're chatting about TV, which we'll do in a future episode, I reckon my favourite might be Playing For Real, the Subutio series from Falkirk. I've got a vague recollection of that. I definitely sure would like to see again at some point. I think it was from the 90s, maybe even the 80s. And he finishes by saying, best wishes with the fundraising following the crazy SPFL fine. Thanks for that, Ian. Glad you enjoyed last week's show. More of those kind of messages coming in, please. For the mailbag stuff, just to remind folk of the topics, we want to know your favourite Scottish hard men, favourite away days, the lengths you've gone to, to watch an East Fife game or, or any football game. 
just favourite memories from matches, if you'd go back in time, what games would you like to go back to see? We were also, we'll bring this back as well, we were doing our all-time East 5 for Living from players that you've seen. So I think we're up to centre-back, so we'll, we'll probably bring that back as well. It has been tough to kind of get all these things going and doing the fan zone. I, as we said, I'm, I'm glad the season is, is coming to an end. I feel I need a break from East Fife for, for a couple of months, which is a weird thing to say because we had so much time sitting on the shelf. I haven't enjoyed all these games coming thick and fast. It it detracts a little bit from the excitement. If we had made the top five and we were pushing for the playoffs, it would have been a whole different thing, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah, get all those things into us. Any things you want us to talk about, any new fun segments as well. We've got lots of our sort of fish and chips and favourite jam and chocolate digestive things that we haven't brought you. So we'll bring you that over the summer as well. But let's just go round everyone and any final words, Doug? If you want folk to find you online, where can they do that? Um just just Facebook really. Um yeah, don't hesitate to well I'm sure you will because I offered very little. Um I think just yeah, do you know, be nice people. Uh, on the back of that discussion, let's uh, let's be nice to each other for even just a few days. Um, also, yeah, just quite excited. I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you guys. The wee break's going to be good, but I'm excited for next season. I'm excited to see how how we're going to progress the podcast when it comes to actually being at games and stuff like that. So I think yeah. there's quite a lot to be excited about. It also, for the end of season award show next week, let's get some ideas for what you'd like us to vote on anything amusing anything serious for that would be good but apart I'd, from that yeah. and what what you would like doug and gordon to wear on the red carpet because obviously that will be what everyone is talking about i mean gordon any final thoughts from you uh no not really i think we've gone over everything i think um i'm just looking at bbc results here and morton have gone into the playoffs Ooh. So interesting. Wraith finished third, so they have to play Dunferman. So oh, 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 fantastic. That's, that's, that's a wee bit of a oh, there's a, a stream I might buy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean our our here, Morton, maybe not so much difference there, but could be playing Morton next year. I like I like Capolo, so hopefully we'll be get a chance to go there. Yeah, that's a ground I've not been to tons. I think I've maybe just three or four times over the years. It's a good old-fashioned football ground because you've yeah. got actual terracing. I know some of it's uh, fallen apart and it's kind of condemned, but... And you can tell that the the stand was built at a time when the average height was maybe about five foot two because you can't even get your legs. You know, your knees are cut by the chair in front oh. of you. So yes. One of those ones. Yeah. And it, it's a really sure. small social club as well that they've got in the corner of the ground. Or, I don't know if it's an official social club or just a bar, but I just remember it being really tiny. I'm not sure I could think of a much worse away day than Morton. It's not it's, a nice place to go to. Exactly. So why is it a good, why is it a good away day? I, I just I, I see. I I base a good away day on also the quality of the ground. I I like Elgin. I know it's a long ass trip, but it's a lovely little ground when you get there, and it's like a lovely drive. And yeah, which Greenock is. Completely not. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Gr- okay. Greenick and Paisley, 
I mean, Paisley's, like, even their stadium's horrible now, so it's like, they've got nothing going for them. I have got one final thought, which I forgot to say, and that is, congratulations to Partick Thistle for winning the league. Oh, yes. And uh, just, everyone should just spend the week basking in the glory that is Falkirk and the, the meltdowns that their fans have been having for weeks. It is absolutely sensational. They're, they're too yeah, big to be in this league. Uh, it's I've been their tears big time this week. It's been beautiful. It's the fact that they were so desperate to get their manager sacked. They got sacked. Then Holt's come in and obviously just had an absolute mare. And people are now like, Holt needs to go. It's, uh, it's just superb. Superb. Yeah, you kind of don't want Falkirk really in the... Like, would you rather have Falkirk or Morton in the league next season? I don't know that they can be shit three seasons in a, in a row. I know they just lost out last year, but... You, you keep thinking that. You keep thinking, oh, next year they'll be better. You know, go and win the league next year. But I don't know, they're spending a lot of money. So that's three years mm-hmm. in League League One. Can they sustain spending that much money again? Yeah, at some point something has to give. And if you're not seeing the results for it, and like it's the same with East Fife, really. We've spent money this year. If we don't get rewarded for it, it's like, do the board want to keep putting their hands in their pockets? We'll have that for another day. Lee, any final thoughts? Where can folk find you online? Find me on um, Twitter, LeeG1903, and obviously all the usual social media channels for the podcast as well, just by searching Glory Days Gold. Final thoughts for me, glad when the season's done. I've actually really enjoyed the, the show this week. I know that our topics have actually been a little bit darker um, than usual, but Good to talk things, obviously football-related, but not directly correlating to just um, East Fife. And yeah, obviously, any more stuff that you want to know for the end-of-season show next week, which I'm really looking forward to. Really think it'll be a good laugh. And uh, yeah, I've got a a few tricks up my sleeve for for some funny sections and stuff. Oh, excellent. I'll need to revisit stuff like goals and things because my memory these days, I can't even remember last week half the time as to what's happened in matches I like I could probably tell you about games that happened in the 80s and 90s and goals but I can't remember this season we'll not talk about that though next week that would be pretty dull what games from the <laughs> 80s and 90s yeah oh I remember we played Morton at yeah. what was your favourite game from 1987 oh, <laughs> exactly yeah that would be a whole show that's a whole show <laughs> If you want to have those discussions with me, do that on Twitter at AFT in Canada. <laughs> uh, like, I know we were joking with you, Lee, about... Uh, like, I genuinely thought last week's show was one of the best shows we've done. And it wasn't because you weren't on it. But it was because it was like this show. We didn't have a set plan. And it's like I had no rundown or anything for tonight's show. We hadn't discussed anything. So we just started talking. And everything we've said, it's from the heart, and we've gone off topic, we've gone off tangent. I think that kind of sometimes makes the best shows. And we've covered a lot of issues that's not just East Fife as well, so hopefully you've enjoyed it. Give us a follow on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. You can get in touch on the main email, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. You can get in touch with me at aftncanada at hotmail.com. Give me a follow, aftncanada, website too on Twitter. AFTN.co.uk for our website, which I, I need to get back to updating at some point. I started to, I've got it back online when we did the show. I had all these plans for other things to go up. I've not done it. I will work on that in the off season. 
This went on longer than I thought it was going to, but I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. We will be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, be nice, and mourn the fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.